let's look at the message today, the gift of God, part two, the gift of God. And uh, here, you, our, our theme is, is the greater Jacob here, is the greater Jacob. You find out, uh, because Jesus uh, pointed out to the woman at the well, uh, this woman at the well, uh, you know, was talking about Jacob and who Jacob was. And she was talking to the Messiah, that is, Jacob's Lord and God, and had no clue. So Jesus pointed out to her. He had to do this, and Jesus does this for us as well. Uh, he pointed out to her who he was, number one. So you and I must know who Jesus is. Oh, I know who Jesus is. Yes, but we know him in name only sometimes, that his name is Jesus and that he is the Son of God. But that does not sometimes seem to be enthusiasm unless we are in a real bind. We are in a real bind. We are in a real difficult situation. And then we don't mind crying and getting ugly, you know, for God. You know, but it should not take all that. So this woman that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, led uh, Jesus to, he, he pointed out to her who he was, number one. Number two, he pointed out what he had to offer, what he had to offer. And Jesus is doing that to us every time we gather together. And even when we're not gathered together. He's showing us who he is and what he has to offer. Then the third thing he pointed out to that woman is how she could receive what he had to offer. And that's what happens when we preach the gospel. Jesus is showing us who he is. He is showing us what he has to give us. And he is showing us how we can receive it. So let us receive it. We don't want to be Christians in name only. We don't want to be Christians in name only. We want to be Christian in reality. That is Christ-like in every sense of the word. We need to comport or conduct ourselves as Christ-like people, not like people who just go to church. And so I want to challenge you, as it were. I want to push you in the right direction. I want to pull you in the right direction. I want to pray for you to walk in the right direction. Jesus, the eternal God, was speaking to her, offering her eternal life, and she was blind to it. Jesus, the eternal God, was offering her eternal life, and she was blind to it. I've taught you often that Jesus has only eternal things to give you. And when you think, come on, when you think about that, that's big. The things that, that, that God has given to us through Christ, the things that Christ uh, is giving us, are big things. The Christ is giving us big things. He is giving us big things. In John chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, Jesus uh, said to those, uh, uh, I mean, this, uh, John answered, not Jesus, John answered uh, the, the crowd and said, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. Listen, God was in the midst of the people, they didn't know it. You may say, well, Pastor, I know that thing. Tell me something deep. That's deep. That, that God can be in the midst of you and you not know it. That sometimes, and if you have walked anywhere uh, with God, and you walk close with God, sometimes in your life, the Lord maybe was doing something. You didn't recognize it until it was over. You said, oh, God, forgive me. Perhaps somebody that you didn't think had anything to offer was offering you something, and you were sort of too big to receive it. And when they left, you go, oh, my goodness, give me another opportunity. Give me another opportunity. And John says, he says that 
there stands one among you whom you do not know. Now, in verse 33, he also says, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. You don't know the one who's baptizing you with the Holy Spirit. You don't know the one who is giving you an eternal gift. Uh, I, I want to just say this, and this is in no means meddling, but so many, so many people are going around trying to prove, and I was a part of that, that group at one time because I was taught that was the way it was, that, that now that you're saved, God doesn't have the ability to keep you. No, they don't say it like that. They say, it, oh, you can be lost if you decide to. I can? How can I decide that I will be unborn? Can, I, can you imagine that? How can I be unborn? You know, when I came into the world, August the 24th, 1947, yeah, 1947, when I came into the world, I cannot say I, I was not born. I can't do that, nor can you. I want you to value the gift of the Spirit. I want you to value you this gift of God that, that, that the Father has given to you. The question is, have we taken too lightly the gift of God? That is my question. Have we taken too lightly the gift of God? We sort of say in sort of a nonchalant, a sort of a, mm, kind of a way that, um, yeah, 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 I have the Holy Spirit and I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, no, have we taken too lightly the gift of God that is the Holy Spirit? Have we kept this truth in our mind and in our heart that the Holy Spirit is God? Have we kept that? And that the triune God now by the Holy, through the Holy Spirit lives in us. The triune God lives in us. Now, I know sometimes we have an intellectual understanding, and I've taught in this fellowship for 36 years that an intellectual understanding is not only the understanding God wants you to have. He wants you to have a heartfelt understanding so that it, it can inform your intellect and thus inform your conduct. That's what God wants for all of us. And I know that I, I grew up in a, in, in a denomination and... I, I, I do not say anything negative. I'm not talking negatively about it. A wonderful place. But sometimes, a very wonderful place. But sometimes, uh, many in the denomination thought that God couldn't move uh, if somebody were preaching like I'm preaching right now. Uh, they would think you had to really get after it and, and get back and rare and get back and go. I mean, and that's good. I have no, no issue with that. Sometimes when I hear it, I think, man, if that preacher doesn't stop, I'm going to shout. You know, sometimes that is the case, and that is the way the Holy Spirit moves. But sometimes Jesus just sat down and taught. Amen. So, so here in this scripture, I want us to know the triune God lives in you. I mean, that, that ought to move you some way. And it ought to cause you to get better. Amen. We are getting better. We are going from glory to glory. We're not going from glory to a nosedive. We're going from glory to glory. I've had difficult times in my life walking with Jesus. I've had difficult times. There were times when I was looking at things around me rather than looking to him. Looking unto Jesus is the admonition of Scripture. Looking unto Jesus, not looking at stuff around you. In John chapter 14, verses 21 through 24, and I would like for you, I think I sort of surprised them with this verse, these verses. John 14, 21 through 24. 
the scriptures reads, he who has my commandments. And this is what Jesus is teaching us. He who has my commandments. Anybody here, uh, does anybody here uh, have the commandments of Jesus? You got the commandments of God? Anybody? Yeah, no, you're, you're not sure? Okay, thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Jada. Thank you. We got three, four, now five people. And then there's a sixth. Well, I guess the rest of y'all are going to get it before this ceremony. So. <laughs> he who has my commandments and keeps them. But you don't keep them just by your own initiative. You don't keep them by your own strength. Who keeps them. It is he who loves me. So God gives you his commandments and then he gives you an innate ability to keep them. That is through the Holy Spirit. And he says, who keeps them, it is he who loves me. Now, we just heard this beautiful song that Sister Stephanie led. You know, all of my love. Have you decided to give Jesus all of your love? Or is your, all of your love for somebody walking on two legs next to you? Jesus must have all of your love, everything. It is he who loves me, the one who keeps them. Because our obedience is our outward expression of our love. It is our obedience that expresses our love. Have you ever been required by God, in, in, I mean, in a personal encounter, I know generally, but in a personal encounter, God told you to love somebody that was really bothersome to you. I'm telling you, I love that hand. Really bothersome. And perhaps they had hurt you deeply, offended you, and God said, I want you to love them. Can I tell you that's been a challenge for me? And some of y'all look like, not for me. But it's been a challenge. But you have the gift of God. That is an ability to love beyond human ability. You have the ability. And somebody in here has had a real issue with that. Because the Holy Spirit was telling me about somebody. He didn't call your name, but somebody last night. And Jesus says, it is he who loves me. Now, he doesn't finish there. He says, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So, so a lot of times we don't know, is this God or is this not? It's going to happen to everybody. But there are times when it should not be, is this God, is this God? We should know it's God. Why? Because he's promised to manifest, make known, to reveal himself to us. Why am I saying this? Because these times demand it. These times in which we live demand it. So Jesus says, I will manifest, make known myself to him. Verse 22 says, Judas, not Iscariot, uh, that is Judas, the one who betrayed him. It's not that one. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest, reveal, make known yourself to us and not to the world? Before I read the answer in verse 23, this is how Jesus does it. He does it through the Holy Spirit in your heart. He does it in your heart. Jesus reveals things to you that others can't see. He has just revealed. And, and this is for all of us. You and I are walking around as, the, as houses of God. That's what we are walking around. As the reading said that our sister Jadida read, houses of God. Can you imagine? But most of us don't see ourselves that way. If your name is John, you see yourself as John. If your name is Eddie, you see yourself as Eddie. If your name is Catherine, you see yourself as Catherine. Your name is Lily, you're Lily. But no, I am a house of God. I am a house of God. I'm God's residence. 
the whole family lives in me. That is, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit live in us. That's so big to me. You've, even if you've heard it a thousand times, you ought to applaud for that thousand and one. Amen. And sometimes we, we have to be told and told and told until we get it. I don't know how many times my dad would say to me as a little boy, and I always talk about my dad, but, but I, I have a good, had a good dad, and I, I, I have a good heavenly father too. But my dad would say to me, how many times am I going to have to tell you? How many? And then he would take me back and tell me without voice. You know, you don't want God to tell you without voice. <laughs> so here, in verse 23, he says, how are you going to manifest? Jesus answered and said to him, Listen at the answer to Jesus. It, it almost seems redundant, and, 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 but it's not redundant. It's a reiteration of what Jesus has said prior. He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And so, so he's, he's sort of repeating it, but in another way. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. <laughs> Is that good? We will come to him. So each one of you, the Lord is saying, I've now made my home with you. We will come to him. We, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, will make our home with him. Verse 24, he who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who, see, who sent me. Now, I want you to concentrate again on we will make our home with him. We will make our home with her. We will make our home with that person. And we are not living always as a God-centered home. I mean individually. Individually. If we were living a, like a, we are a God-centered home individually, we could do it collectively. We could do it collectively. What I'm saying is if I am living a God-centered home that this bodily entity right here, Don Lavelle, can live that, then I can get with Marvel Lavelle and we can live it. Even if Marvel Lavelle is living it and Don Lavelle is not living it, then Marvel Lavelle can affect Don Lavelle. Are you seeing me? Are you seeing me? What I'm saying is we cannot blame individuals without taking responsibility for living out a God, a Christ-centered life. Are you with me? Come on. The world needs it. Somebody say amen. amen. The world needs it. We don't need, as it were, better politics. We don't need it. You know, you know what, what can make things go well around you? is you. You're, you're the house of God. You're out here trying to find some out, out of thing to fix an outer thing. But there must be an inner thing that fixes the outer thing. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the gift of God. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God. And God gave us the gift. The gift is without cost. The gift was given without cost. Now it'll cost you something to walk in the gift. Oh, somebody. Let me, let me continue. We will make our home with him. And I think I've defined that enough, so I'll move on. So the woman um, says, 
sir, give me this water you're talking about. Give me this gift you're talking about that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. She's still confused. She's conflicted because she thinks she's thinking about natural things. And so many of us are thinking about natural things when God is saying, no, no, you know, focus on things above, not on things of the earth. Focus on things above where Christ is seated. That's what the admonition is. So, so we talk about the, the greater Jacob. Uh, Jesus was speaking about spiritual water when he talked to this woman about uh, the water I'll give you. Uh, you will never thirst because there will be a fountain in you of water that springs up to eternal life. He said, you'll never thirst with the water I give you. He was talking about spiritual water. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. How is it that we can have the Holy Spirit? How is it that we can have the gift of the Holy Spirit living in us, but we can't cope? And I pray that we get in touch with the Holy Spirit today. I pray that we would not be like the woman who was looking at literal water. We, we are looking at outward things, thinking that we can fix. I'm going to tell you one more time, emphatically, as a, as a body, and those of you who are online as a part of the body of Christ, outward solutions are no solutions. The, the spiritual is the solution. We, we lived at a time. Yes, go ahead and give the Lord a hand. Thank you. We, we, live, we lived in our past. We lived at a time we had no hope. We were without hope in the world. We had, we had no solutions in the world, and God sent his son. I like saying that to you. God sent his son from outside time, from outside this solar system. God sent his son. There was no help even in the solar system. Can you believe that? And God had to come from outside to help us. So, brothers and sisters, let us not walk around flippant. Let us not walk around uh, with our head high thinking that we have these worldly solutions. No, God has given us the solution. It's his son, and his son has sent the Holy Spirit, the gift of God, to live in us, to express Jesus in our lives, in our conduct. So in this place, in this story, John chapter 4, we see how easily people confuse the natural or the material with the spiritual. And you can too if you're not focused on Jesus. The woman was con con concerned about how to obtain natural water. She was uh, concerned about how to obtain natural water instead of simply asking Jesus, give me a drink. All she had to do was say, give me a drink. And, and, he, and he says, if you had asked me, I would have given you living water. And we are here in this house today, and we're online, and we need to ask Jesus, Jesus, make known to me the Holy Spirit. Make known to me who you are, Jesus, and rather than saying, I know already. Wow. Let's look at other scripture about the Holy Spirit. It's so amazing, the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 1, verse, verses 32 through 34, John chapter 1, verses 32 through 34. It says, And John bore witness, saying, Now listen to what John said. I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. Can you imagine? When, when I read this, I get excited because the Holy Spirit came and remained upon Jesus, and it, it was so powerful. The first time I read it, the first maybe a hundred times I read it, and I would read it over and over and over. Maybe I've read it a thousand times. He remained upon Jesus. But what I was, I was not aware of at that juncture, somehow he came to me one day, and he remains in me. He remains in me. Yes, yes. 
He remains in you. He remains in you. And I'm going to tell you, every one of us in this house and online, we have been up and down with the Holy Spirit. Not that the Holy Spirit was fickle, but he went down with you to bring you up again. And some of us, we weren't satisfied with that, so we went down again, and he brought us up again. That's how faithful God is. That's how gifted God is. That's how amazing God is to give us the Holy Spirit. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That is the truth of God. Somebody in here ought to say something for the Lord. John said, I did not know him. I did not know him. Don't you like John's confession? I tell you all things about me and my weaknesses. I'm not telling you to boast. Nobody boasts in how weak they were. We always talk about how strong. But I tell you that so that you know, you will know, if God did it for me, or since God did it for me, he will do it for you. He is no respecter of persons. What he did for one, he, he would do, he did for another. My mom used to say, you know, he will, what he did, did for others, he will do for you. That's what she said. He will do for you. And listen, you can't beat God. God has given you his own son. And when God gave you the son, maybe you can get it like this. God, the word of God, the living word of God is now in you, inside you. You, you can never say, God, well, I didn't do it because uh, they heard me. They heard me. He said, I put the living word in you, the word that made this whole universe in you. I put that word in you. That's, I like to remind you, that word that raised Lazarus from the dead, not, not just from the dead, but for out from among dead folks, lives in you. Come on. The word that made the galaxies lives in you, lives in me. How dare I say, Lord, I couldn't. Or how dare I say, Lord, I can't. I can't help myself. I can't help but praise him. I can sure help myself by believing every word of God. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for who you are and what you've done. We thank you for this house. We thank you for brothers and sisters. If there's somebody in this house who doesn't know you, I pray they'll come to know you in the pardon of their sins. And I pray that nobody will walk out of here a sinner if he or she came a sinner. Walk out of here different. If somebody came here as a believer, knowing they have the Holy Spirit, but they're a bit arrogant, they're heady and high-minded, I pray they will walk out of here humble. Save somebody. Save somebody in this house, online today. In Jesus' name. I'm going to come back in just a minute.